in what 20 to uh, 12 hours 12 um, hours ago yeah yes we were at when the i dropped gate. you off at the metrolink station yes and i was one of two and that's cars. only because her car was there i i would have driven her home but then she would have had no way to get to her vehicle right yes we'll talk about the blues in just a moment but our next guest will be liz crabtree from the kirkwood performing arts center and then around minute 21 we'll talk to acting coach director and producer michelle danner about her new movie miranda's victim around minute 47 why we did not go see the marvels around minute 48 you were my first boyfriend around minute 50 the marsh king's daughter lynn finally saw it and then we'll talk more about the st louis international film festival carl and i live in st louis hills and uh so we and our addresses are (laughs) and so he offered last night when he was showing me the sacred behind the scenes of the blues enterprise center um Uh, He offered to take me home so that I didn't have to ride Metrolink because I'm very happy because I was one of two cars left in that lot at Shrewsbury. So, and we think one of them was a drug deal. (laughs) But even though the game sucked five to two loss, um, I had fun and it was fun to see uh, the crowd and we got hoodies. We had a giveaway. I didn't get one. That's okay. I I loved it that everyone put them on. It made the people that put them on while wearing other clothes. I just want to let you all know it did not make you look good because you looked bulky and you should have just waited till you got home to put it on. But I know, but I think it was cold. It's cold in there. But it, it is. That's why I wear a jacket. It's not cold where um where I'm leading this to because we have oh. this crabtree here today as our guest and she is the general manager of the kirkwood performing arts center i've been there yes and it is so lovely and beautiful and they're doing more what i want to let people know is there's more going on there than stages st louis's summer just stages yes it is a full-fledged facility and i've seen things in their black box but she programs everything and so hey liz how are you hello lynn and carl thank you both for having me here today i really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you guys about all the cool things that are happening over at the k-pack i know one of the things that you wanted to do and because Kirkwood, the city of Kirkwood runs the KPAC. And and so you've got a lot on your plate, but you have to satisfy a lot of different tastes. And one of your goals, I know, was bringing Missouri talent into the KPAC, including artwork. Isn't there Missouri art all around the facility? Yes. Um, actually, the beautiful thing I think about Kirkwood is it has a rich history of serving quality experiences you know I, they're built on service as a as a city and so it's really important to to um our venue to serve the art scene and with that comes a, a collaboration of multiple things we have like you mentioned an art gallery that's curated by the Kirkwood Arts Commission three times a year. We do showcase local Missouri artists. So if you are an inspiring artist and love to have your work shown on our walls, do submit something to the Kirkwood Arts Foundation. We'd love to review that and um, consider anyone's art in our area to be able to showcase it on the walls. 
And then, like you mentioned, um, we're just not a stage for performance for the stages. That's a really big part of our identity. The other side of it is that we also have partnerships with the St. Louis Ballet, with the St. Louis Repertory Theater, Winter Opera, um, and the Opera Theater St. Louis. Those are some of our large also um, arts partners that come and share their talent to our community. And, and then that final sort of pillar is, as you mentioned, I'm curating and bringing in talent from Missouri to uh, Kirkwood in our Strauss Studio series right now. And we've recently just shifted over to the to the Raw. So we had war here last weekend. They were here on Friday. Um, it was a great experience for everyone in that space. They were reminiscing about all of those songs from the 70s that we grew up listening to, Cisco Kid and Spill the Wine and why can't we be friends? And Lonnie, um, the member, the original member was really connecting with our audience. And that's what we're doing here. We're bringing arts experiences and creating uh, connections with the artist and the patron. And the city is super supportive of everything that we're doing because it's a part of their identity to create um, a city that has diversity and offering the cultural richness. I saw war when I was in college on a double bill with the temptations. So how about that? They're still going and it's still fun music and that's awesome. But uh, you have, uh, uh, it's just such a beautiful, elegant facility. But besides that, the sound quality is fantastic. Because that's important when you go see music. Because back yes. in the day, uh, we didn't care about that, but now we do. And Carl, just, you, you ahead, know. Carl. It, it, it can ruin a show if you can't hear it. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you're not doing, this is, it hurts me. KZK has already started playing Christmas music today. And I'm glad that you guys aren't doing anything Christmassy until the 25th where you're going to have Dan Center of Kirkwood do Shevger Plum Fairy and then the Nutcracker Suite. And I'm glad you're waiting till after Thanksgiving. Yes. We're going to ride that out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted to touch base on the audio though. It, it really yeah. is one of the most important things to me as a general manager. It completes that experience just as much as, as the, the importance of uh, getting the right artist and matching up with the community wants to hear and what they're driving some of that art um, and culture. It's us having that facility that is state of the art. We've got great sound and audio technicians that we've been partnering with. Um, actually, they work for many organizations throughout St. Louis. It's it's really been uh, a coming together of a lot of behind the scenes with uh, audio technicians and lighting technicians and musicians. And we're all coming to together to create these really incredible intimate experiences at the KPAC. We've had artists so far, such as an original member of Aria Speedwagon. We've had an original member of the Average White Band. We've had an original member of Chick Corea's band play. And we've had an original member of the Birds. And like you just said, Lynn, uh, War was so impressed with the hospitality and the service that we gave to them that they said to me, "We have a there's a temptation that lives in St. Louis. Do you know that? And I said, well, I've heard some rumors. And he said, well, I'm good friends with him. And I'm going to let him know what you've got going on here. And so that's the other really magical thing is that 
artists are telling other artists about the venue and the newness and the parking and the brightness and the hospitality and audio that they're receiving, that it's starting um, to spread throughout the uh, community, the artistic community, in addition to just the patron. So it's really fun to watch it unfold. That's, that's just wonderful to hear because uh, uh, you just, when you see your lineup, it's so eclectic and it makes you want to take a chance on people that you might not have uh, seen before or heard before. And uh, that's what I think is really encouraging when other people are happy about performing there and it spreads, the word spreads because as you know, in this day and age, Safety is a huge thing when people go to a venue, if they feel safe, if they feel like we're going to be okay, uh, this is spacious parking, I don't, I don't worry, I don't worry, because that, that's, that is a, that's a thing that we never used to think about when we went places, and now we do. Yeah, I agree with you, Lynn, and thank you for pointing that out. That the, the one thing I was so enamored about with Kirkwood was in addition to the safety and security that we have going on, it's their forward and progressive thinking about making the arts accessible for everyone. You know, they offer free parking right outside. We have over 100 spots right outside our door, a block away from wonderful restaurants. So the, the placement of it for that feeling of safety is wonderful. It's very bright and open. Um, and we have the support of the Kirkwood um, Police Department. They are there all the time with us and helping us just to keep everybody safe. But we do it in a way that it doesn't, it's not overt. We don't want it to seem like we're, you know, we're, we're safe in our community and we're presenting a safe uh, face. And we're doing everything that we can to make sure that that patron has all those conveniences right up until what I just mentioned about making the arts accessible. If you need to have uh, audio transcription, or if you need amplification for hearing, or if you need uh, um, sign language done, we are so connected with all of those things and so forward in making sure that every single person that comes through the door can enjoy art right where they are. And that to me is just the coolest thing about Kirkwood. I've seen so much amazing technology being put to work to enhance that experience for everybody, no matter where you are. Which is good. And you're very close to Andy's frozen custard. I just want to point that out. <laughs> no, it cost, every time I go to KPAC, it costs me a whole bunch of money because my kid wants to go to the minifig store, which is right down the street. And I we want even though we have hundreds of thousands of Lego bricks in my house, there is always room for another hundred more. So and I and I love the minifig store. It's fantastic. They have a lot of Star Wars stuff and Harry Potter stuff and just regular Legos. But if we're at CPAC or CPAC, that's different. KPAC, we always have, but we're right next door. Yes. Okay, fine. So that's the only drawback I have is loving the store that is right next door to it. Well, I enjoy the dining options right there because crushed red, fabulous. Bar Louie, and then you have Pioneer Bakery brunch mm -hmm. all day on Sunday. Let me tell you, biscuits, and then there's the biscuit place, the honeydew, right? Yeah. yeah, and so there's there's all sorts, and then there's every fast food that you can think of right there, and you can go farther to see, but it's just like right there, you can eat right there, and then 
like less than five minutes away, you're at Cape. Joey B's. Yeah. The, the, everything's right there in Kirkwood. And that's good for Kirkwood because Kirkwood is a little, big, small town. Yeah. And it's so charming. That downtown is so cute. And, and uh, you know. Uh, Unless you just... have to be somewhere and there's a train going across. <laughs> but there's an overpass right there. At, he did on, that. On Clinton. Yes. Yes. Well, Pioneer Bakery, you can run in because it's the MacArthur people and you can get the smile cookies that their workers make. And it's just a whole joyous. You feel good when you're in Kirkwood because it is small town. And isn't there like this cute little coffee place that everybody goes to that it's really hard to get into um, down the road? All these probably. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they're so walkable. I love and I know there's all these homes and you just look around and it's just pretty. It's just you know, but we're not here to talk about yes. Kirkwood. We're talk. We're talking KPAC. Right. So where can people find your schedule and what are you excited about coming up? So you can find all of our information at MetroTix.com. They're going to be the latest resource. They're the fastest resource to find the shows that are popping on to our season. And then always have the information on our website. That's the kpac.org. And so that's the kpac.org. We list all of those things there. And you can always call us Monday through Friday. Our, our lobby hours were open 10 to 4 and one hour prior to all of our performances. So if Metro Tix is daunting for someone or they want that personal touch, we're there to provide that for you too. So we can make it easy for you by ordering in person, on the phone, or you can do it online through Metro Tix 24 hours a day. So that, I just want to. I just want to say that your box office staff is very um, patient. I want to say they're very patient because there are a lot of people that don't know. It's beautiful facility, but they're they're on the ball and they know how to deal with several types of people. I have always had a wonderful experience there using the box office, but I know. They are the face and the customer service, and I have found them to be nothing but pleasant in much adversity. That's a good, good, good way to put it. Well, the stage is gala is coming up on Friday, and Norm Lewis, the Norm Lewis, is going to be the guest. And uh, for the for the big donors, the big, the big, they have a wonderful dinner catered in. So. KPAC is more than performing. Uh, they have those kind of things too. I was there one time interviewing Jack Lane, the former executive director of Stages, and the place was so busy. There were people coming in for dance rehearsal. There was well, there's a uh, whole second somebody, level upstairs. Yeah, the whole second level. There were people coming in for an event, setting up for an event. There were uh, there was a kid show that was coming in. There were little kids coming in. It was just like uh, uh, unbelievable in the daytime. So I could imagine how many plates you got to spin to have it going your your way for for that. So you have things for all ages. And yeah. all seasons. It's not just seasons. stages. All That's ages right. and all seasons. But we, we would be remiss if we didn't say that next year's stages season has Ragtime, Steel Magnolias, and Newsies. Not and in the, that order, though. No. And the Million Dollar Quartet Christmas is coming back at Christmas time. 
you just made a lot of people very happy. Yes. You did. That show's so good. That show's fun. I know. They play the instruments on stage right there. It was just like one of the most joyous live Mm -hmm. theater experiences. When you are at Million Dollar Quartet, you appreciate what live theater can do. Because those guys... Just they're like playing. The and they, there's no. There's no band. They are the band. Those four guys are yes. the band. Now, what is different about the Christmas show? Um, it's going to be more singing. You know, more Christmas holiday songs. Uh, the shorter story, more condensed. Not focusing on their life per se, but more just about them singing oh, holiday songs. Blue Christmas. Yeah. Well, Lynn, that... I was going to. I was going to was... circle back just today. You know, we have. Coming in at 1230 is the St. Louis Symphony. They're practicing in our space today at noon. They leave and Nicholas Rodriguez shows up for our Kirkwood Arts Foundation benefit that's on Thursday. He was uh, Tarzan at the Muni for a number of years. He's mm-hmm. going to be on Thursday on our stage. And then this evening we have the Human Rights Commission coming in in the evening for a, a Q&A with the community. So it's exactly like you said just today and we have two venues that are going on in kpac so in the big house in the ross the st louis symphony is going to practice for a couple hours simultaneously over in the other side which is our strauss studio series is where we're going to be having the human rights commission oh and we have dave weckel coming in to rehearse in between all of that so it's so fun every single day is a new challenge a new adventure helping people refine their craft giving them a place to do that and be fully supported 100%. And it's fun. You know, just this week alone, we've we've got the Nicholas Rodriguez on Thursday night. Friday night is the Stages Gala. Saturday, we have uh, Dave Weckl with a big band on the stage at 2 p.m. And then in the evening in the Strauss, we're offering Walter Parks. So we are uh, really trying to provide entertainment for everyone. We want to really emulate what a performing arts center is and that's showcasing all of the beautiful talent and being a resource for all t- sorts of different activities. The K-Pack, T-H-E-K-P-A-C dot org has all of this information that we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to just give a uh, thumbs up to Nicholas Rodriguez because he's fabulous. And I got to interview him years ago because he was at the Sheldon for a benefit for concert for, for the Muni. I mean, it was one of the Muni uh, when they would do the Muni magic things. And, and those muscles. Mm-mm-mm. He is the nicest guy, but yeah, lots of muscles. And he was not only Tarzan, but he was the beast in Beauty and the Beast. Not this last one, but the previous the one, one I think that, yeah. 2015. And then he came back and he was part of the Jersey Boys, but he was like the, the, the crew, Bob Crew dude and stuff so he's he's been in but he loves coming to the muni he said in new york they all talk about coming back to the muni and everything so that is wonderful that you're gonna have him time i said he um he he's just a really nice sweet fun guy very talented voice oh my god good job there thanks thank you for being on with us today liz yes thank you so much i'm so glad we've been trying to work this out she is a busy woman carl (laughs) Let me tell you, she is, I don't know how you, you do it, but you do it, but you used to be at the Hettenhauser Center for the Arts and that, you, you helped that grow phenomenally over at McKendry College. And so kudos to you for, for uh, knowing how, um, you know, things work. Yeah. Well, also knowing how things work, but also 
getting a feel for people, getting a feel for what people want. Mm-hmm. Because that's a knack. And that's exactly it, Lynn. It's finding what the community wants. When I first started here, I went on a listening tour. I knew they loved Broadway and I knew that was ticked with what we're brewing with stages. They wanted jazz and R&B and rock. And so classical, we're just filling in and I'm listening all the time to the community. That's really what I do is I keep my ear to the pulse of the art scene for them and then find ways to bring them the best of the best of what they're desiring before they even realize it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And it's a delight. And I hope to run into you soon at the Cape Always. Thank you, Liz. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Lynn. In our coverage of the St. Louis International Film Festival, the St. Louis Film Critics Association is sponsoring a documentary movie called Bad Press. Yes. It was a big hit at Sundance. And I think it's going to be a big hit in St. Louis. And that is on November 14th at 730 at the High Point Backlot. And I'm very proud that we're going to be sponsoring this. And one of the things about the St. Louis Film Festival is its variety and the different spotlights they have. Documentary spotlight, they have the American Indie spotlight, the women's spotlight. And the film we're going to talk about, Miranda's Victim, is part of the women's spotlight. And it's based on a, a true crime story. And a courtroom that drama. That you and I were discussing yesterday. Yes. That uh, is significant. And uh, the director, Michelle Danner, to join us. And uh, uh, she's got a very... Hi, how are you? Hi, good, good. We're just, uh, we're just uh, previewing your visit here. No, so yes. thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much for having me. Well, thank you for taking time. And I hope uh, you enjoy coming to St. Louis. Miranda's Victim is going to screen at the St. Louis International Film Festival on Sunday night, November 12th at 7 p.m. at the Alamo Draft House Theater 9. And uh, our guest today, Michelle Danner, is going to speak. Uh, at the, you're going to do a Q&A after the film? Are you going to introduce yes, the film? Yes, I'm very, very happy to. Very uh, whatever they need me to do, I'm happy, so happy to come <laughs> to St. Louis. She's game for anything. Uh, is, I well, am. Anything. <laughs> when it comes to talking about this movie that we all care about so much, absolutely. It is a fantastic cast, by the way. It, I, 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 when I was watching the trailer, I said, oh, I know that. And then they just keep going and they just keep getting bigger names and bigger names and bigger names. And, and then all of a sudden, Donald Sutherland pops up and then Kyle McLaughlin uh, everybody it just keeps exponentially getting bigger and bigger and that's that's a testament to people that want to tell the story you know what you hit it right on the nail on the head that's right people really really wanted to be part of telling the story they felt it was a story that had never been told it was a gap in our history nobody knew how the Miranda rights came about and uh, this is, you know, ultimately a story about justice, but justice that comes full circle. You know, there's a great uh, twist that I loved hearing about when I first ho- heard of the story, because I didn't know, as everybody else, nobody knew what really happened. Right. And um, what, you know, well, you know, you've heard about Miranda rights and, you know, growing up, me being a child of the 70s and 80s, 
Cop shows did it all the time. Did you read it, Ms. Miranda writes? Did you read? You heard about it, but you don't know the story behind it. And you don't know the story behind that. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, you know, listen, when you find a story that's never been told, and you know, it's just, it's, it's very rare. Let's just put it that way. Well, how important was it for you as a woman to do this film? It was very important. And I feel like the importance of it became even more clear to me as I started to work on it. You know, I, first of all, I'm a passionate crime, you know, mystery person. Uh, so when they approached me with the story to direct and they offered it to me, I was like, oh, man, they must know something about me. And, but then as I went into it, you know, um, I discovered that somebody very close to me uh, had suffered of a similar event. And uh, that also drove me and, and connected me even more deeply to it. Going to Phoenix, Arizona and walking the path that Patricia Weir walked over 60 years ago from where she worked at the Paramount Theater, getting on the bus, coming in the bus stop, you know, being abducted, driven to the desert, that whole going to the house that she grew up in and then she got married, Miranda's house, the courthouse where he was indicted, a museum that is there that has his presence. When I was at that bus stop, I, I started to cry and I surprised myself because I thought to myself it had been not her, but somebody else. But of course, it had to be her because she had the courage to go after him. Uh, and then recently in an interview that I did, I realized that even though I haven't gone through such a traumatic event, I also have been the victim of sexual assault. And in, in traveling the country in all the film festivals that we were in and talking to people after the screening, a lot there's a lot of stories, more stories than we know. And and so that also, you know, connected me very deeply. Um when uh, when the Me Too movement to, first to what began in, in uh, 2017, so many people came forward. And that's why I think that uh, it uh, is always good to remind people of how it used to be and how how it is that. I mean, we've come a long way, but there's still a long way to go. And you being able to take this, we should backtrack. This is a story of P Patricia Trish Weir who was uh who, who was sexually assaulted uh in i forget the year was it 1963? 1963 yes yeah, 1963. 1963 and uh she's played by abigail breslin once upon a time the little girl in little miss sunshine and right. uh, you know the teenager in zombie land and a, a fine actress a fine actress but this is a Over really meaty now, role this is a really meaty role for her and it's a grown-up role which is and it's very complex and she stood up uh to the victim she had to go to court in a and this we're talking 1963 when big and the victim has to be victimized again coming forward. That's why so many, as you know, so many women don't do this. So for her to come up, but then it's the, did you read him his rights? As you said, Carl. And so uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating story uh, all the way to the Supreme Court and what happens after that. But 
you were saying about the cast. It's Donald Sutherland, Ryan Felipe, Luke Wilson, Kyle McLaughlin, Andy Garcia, Emily Van Camp, Mario Enos, Sebastian Quinn, and he plays Ernesto Miranda. He's the infamous Miranda. That's right. And uh, so what impresses me about this cast is I was like, wow, what a cast she got. But then I read your history and you've been an acting coach for 27 years. <laughs> so you know how to get the perfect casting. You know how to get the perfect person for this. So how was the casting uh, process? It was, you know, if I look back on it, truly, it was a little bit surreal. Um, the first person that said yes was Donald Sutherland. And he always reminded me of my father, my whole entire life. My father's no longer here, but he just bears a resemblance to him. He his everything about him. So when he said yes, I thought, hmm, interesting. <laughs> There's something is watching over. Uh, then after that, I uh, pursued Enrique Morciano, who is a student of mine 30 years ago. Uh, I, I loved that. him on Without a Trace. And when I saw that he was in this, I'm like, I'm, oh, I, I thought he was great on that show. He's great. He's a great actor. He really is. He's just a great actor. And we've kept in touch all these years. He was in my very first movie, How to Go Out on a Date in Queens. And I've ever since, every every time I'm about to do a movie, I call him to come and play. And he's always working. He's always working. So finally, this time, he was also working. He was doing a series up in Vancouver. And he got them to kill him off so he could come do this. <laughs> And, uh, and then Andy Garcia came and then I had uh, I sent the script to Abigail Breslin. I had a lot of different choices that I thought about, but then I just she came up and I said, you know, just stop effing around with all these different choices. Just get a real actress to play this part. And, uh, you know, I had seen her in several things, August uh, Osage County. Oh, and, yeah, she's good in August Osage County. Yeah, the, the movie with Matt Damon, Stillwaters, I think. And she's, you know, so I, I had coffee with her. And she, you know, also a survivor, was brave to accept the role and, and bring what she brought to it, which is quite wonderful. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it uh, fell into place. A lot of my first choices, Mireille Enos, who plays the mother, uh, wonderful, you know, extraordinary actress and Brent Sexton said yes and I always admired their work and in the, the show The Killing uh, and then uh, you know my son had the idea of Kyle McClocken uh, who was just beyond great and then uh, Ryan Felipe came into my head and it was really interesting Luke Wilson I didn't John recognize Cohen. Ryan Felipe at first because he's he's doing the accent and he's uh, plumped up for the role a little bit yeah, no, he understood. This is these are based on historical characters right. that we researched and rehearsed and had a lot of process. And you know, um, John Flynn was a very flamboyant attorney in his time. He was a star of of his generation. And uh, Ryan knew exactly the flair, you know, the authenticity to bring to him. Luke Wilson, you know, was our Atticus Finch. Thus, me coming mm -hmm. up that to kill you know a mockingbird at the beginning of the movie uh you know uh, foreshadowing for justice but um 
And then Dan Loria, who I've known so many years, I've worked with Dan Loria before, and he, you know, such an extraordinary actor. He actually changed my life when I was a teenager. I went to see him perform off Broadway, and I came home and I was all shook, and I was just, I stayed in touch with him all these years. And this didn't he do a didn't he do a Broadway show Lombardi? Lombardi. I went to see him do Lombardi. I went to see him on Broadway, off Broadway. Uh, just an extraordinary actor. So I had a connection to this cast. Uh, yeah, I, I still think of him as a dad from The Wonder Years. <laughs> what exactly? You know, he's really boy. Dan is just he came. He in. has a presence. He has always had that presence. Yes, and he you know was willing to play you know you know when you're a real actor when you're willing to play on sympathetic characters um and then this wonderful couple you know josh bowman and emily van cam and emily plays the sister Anne. josh also was not afraid to be unlikable as the husband charles um yeah they were on revenge and that first year of revenge i loved that show i watched every episode i thought it was great and then the creator showrunner left and then it it still lasted for five seasons but he played the rich kid uh daniel and she played the woman seeking uh revenge, revenge. emily she was it was all show was about her Right, right. And they're married now. They've been married since uh, 2018. So yeah. that was interesting because uh, he he was, I think they were forced to be together on the show, if I recall. It was like the, this marriage, but it wasn't because she was really with, the, you know, one of those. But those two, as soon as I saw that they were married, I thought, oh, my God, that's fun. It's just fun. They're a wonderful, wonderful couple. And um, they're just they're just great, and they brought their heart and energy to to this. You know, they came. Uh, they, I, you know, I can't even begin to tell you. I was every single day. I thought to myself, "How did you get this extraordinary cast to come tell the story?" Um, you know, and and we had twenty eight days of shooting. Um, it was mostly, you know, of course, you know, when you're doing a movie that has this subject matter there's days that are difficult and there's a seriousness to it but i like a lot of i like my sets to be very calm and very harmonious and so there was uh, also a lot of joy in just doing the work and telling the story and well, i felt it's so a testament to you that you got everybody to come in to tell this story because they yeah. wanted to work with you they, yeah, they did. And, you know, apparently they said very nice things. And uh, we're in touch. I mean, I'm having dinner and lunch. I'm in touch with all these great, I'm forgetting some of them because there were so many. There's no small parts. Nolan Gold, who we've watched grow up in front of our eyes and Modern yeah. Family. He was great. And, you know, I said Brent. And I just, you know, and I was very lucky to get this, these incredible actors and and I really wanted to tell the full story, you know, I wanted to tell the full, because karmic justice is something incredible. I mean, I don't want to give it away so people would have to watch it, but, you know, there's the twist at the end where, you know, he doesn't completely get what he deserves, but then, you know, yeah. they, what did they say? I don't know if I can say it on the show, karma is a bitch. So, I mean, I, mm -hmm. I really was fascinated by the, the whole thing, how justice came full circle. Well, truth and justice really do matter to people. And I think when, when people are getting away with things, that's why I think true crime is so popular because when people are getting away with uh, 
the things that they are, you're just like, where is karma? Where is justice? And, and we have, you know, the courts are full of those kind of stories and you bring one to light that we haven't thought about. I mean, everybody just goes on about their daily lives. And then I think it's really important that you brought this up now because just when you get complacent, you got to bring it back into the me too, you know, remind people. And also I just want to applaud you as a female filmmaker, because it is very important to have female voices. And uh, I'm in, um, I'm on the women's committee of the Critics' Choice Association. And it's very important to us to, to uh, really pay attention to movies where uh, there's a woman in a creative role and also uh, a, a unique a unique voice. So, so Thank kudos. You. And I, and I, I also read that you're going to be doing some science fiction next. Well, on that, just to, you know, piggyback on that. One of the things that I've been aware of as I have researched uh, this review thing, you know, cause my head has not been in this is that there are so many less women reviewer than men reviewer. There's not a balance there. And uh, I, I think we need more female reviewers. <laughs> that's been that's been one thing that I've been aware of. Uh, so I'm, thank you so much, you know, <laughs> for reviewing. I really appreciate it. And um, and the other thing is, yes, I was offered on the heels of this uh, a sci-fi thriller called Helios. Very interesting about a woman saving the Earth. These sun flares. It's a great script. I'm very excited. And as soon as the strike is over, we're going to start pre-production. Um, and, and I started to research that too. And then realized, well, women actually don't direct move, movies on this budget. The last one was Mimi Leader, you know, over a decade ago, directed a Deep Impact. So women don't always get these opportunities. They're, you know, men direct those big, you know, sci-fi thrillers. So I thought to myself, well, <laughs> this is interesting. But, you know, I wasn't aware of that either. So I'm excited. Yes, I have a couple of some great projects that are on the table. And But right now I'm still birthing Miranda. <laughs> it's not. I'm going to do a screening in New York at the DGA. We have a screening here. Uh, potentially Knockwood, there'll be a SAG screening and a PGA screening. So I'm still very much in the trenches of letting people know because, you know, it's not easy. There's a lot. Well, you of have to be you have to be the face because your actors can't do anything. Right. And there's a lot of content. There's a lot of noise around. So if you don't try and, you know, get people to watch the work, it's not so easy. You have to, you know, people think, oh, you know, you put the movie out and that's it. And people can, no, no, no. You have to, you know, really get in there and roll up your sleeves and talk about it. So I'm grateful for this is what I'm saying. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining us. And I do want to point out that uh, the, the movie is at the film festival and you've been going, you've been very well received at film festivals yes. and uh, which is a, which is a key to keeping momentum. But the movie is uh, got a November 30th date to be released in theaters. Is that correct? No, it was already. It's it's in theaters now. It's, oh, okay. it's across the country. Well, and, uh, it's going to be on, here at SLIF, so. Yes. Yeah. So we're excited. Yeah. We're, we're just, you know, and then it's going to go wide and, and hopefully it'll have a great life and hopefully there'll be some, you know, we'll see. I'm knocking wood, some, maybe some nominations, so anything that will get people to hear about it. 
Right. Because it is an important topic. And uh, if uh, if women and it's just always good to show that if women don't speak up. Uh, the it, process doesn't work. Right. Right. It just doesn't. And, and it's still today, 60 years later. So thank you for your time. And I also noticed that you're going to be uh, you're going to do something with a movie called Starstruck and the Italian. Yeah, so the Italians, believe it or not, I shot it already. Uh, and it's a very funny comedy of a huge departure from Miranda's victim. Uh, but it's about this. You probably Italian. needed a little breather after that. Well, I have to tell you, it was a lot of fun. We were laughed a lot on set, and I'm laughing a lot in the editing room. I'm currently in post-production with that. But Abigail Breslin, we had such a great time working together on Miranda's Victim that she came and did The Italians with an actor called Matthew Daddario and Rob Estes and David DeLuise and Lainey Kazan from uh, the Greek, uh, you know, wedding and uh, Perry Reyes, the wife of, you know, Mrs. Ari and Entourage and uh, Olivia Lucardi, who's an Orange is the New Black and Channel Zero. So I also managed to get this incredible cast to do this comedy. So I did that, I'm in post with that um, and that'll be ready soon. And uh, yes, I have a rom-com, a wonderful romantic comedy, Starstruck. Uh, that a lot of people are interested in partnering up to make happen. And then there's Helios and there's another script called Party Crasher that I'm going to do. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be quite busy, You're busy for the next couple of years. Listen, it's a quality problem to have. <laughs> it's good. It's good to uh, I always feel that it's it's good to keep busy because people go, oh, don't you want a break? And it's like, no, no, no. Well, if you <laughs> love working. what you do. Yeah. If you love what you do, you know, you just go from one thing to the other. I mean, it's such a creative endeavor to put a movie together from beginning inception to the very end to what we're doing right now. And you know, there's all the pieces of the puzzle have to come together. And I I'm, feel the every day it never escapes me, you know, how grateful and lucky I am to be doing what I love. One question before you leave, I want to know, how did you get into acting uh, to become an acting coach? How did that happen for you? Um, well, I, I was an actress. My father, uh, I was in so the business kind of. My father w w became the president of the William Morris Agency in Paris. So when I was a little girl, I'd spent a lot of time playing under his desk. And great <laughs> iconic artists would come in and discuss their careers. And uh, I was fascinated by books. I, I went to the library and literally read a hundred, hundreds of books, went to the museums, went to the theater, went to movies and started to act and, and moved to New York and studied with Stella Adler. with oh, Uda I was lucky enough to study with these great iconic teachers. And I, I you know, learned I was a sponge, worked in the theater a lot and uh, always loved acting. You know, I'm not I, I'm not acting Miranda's victim, but I am acting actually in the Italians. Uh, and from there, everything in my life felt like a natural progression. So from acting, you know, just wanted to keep raising the bar. So I wanted to uh, tell the story, sign the painting, become, you know, the filmmaker that told the story. And then because I studied so much, I started to coach actors and actors kept calling me. And, uh, you know, I, I, at one point I literally had, you know, 10 coachings back to back. Um, back in the day because now i coach a whole lot less and i teach master classes but mostly you know i'm, I'm prepping to direct and um so um yeah that there was a natural progression the stepping stone 
always wanting to, you know, maybe raise the bar, but ultimately at the core of everything, whether it's acting or whether it's, you know, writing or directing or producing, um, my, my love, my passion for storytelling is, is what adds to the core of everything. Well, that's wonderful to hear because it's like a puzzle. Casting is 80, 90%. I always think, you know, if you don't have that cast, you cannot create any magic. Exactly. Exactly. And I love actors. I love working with actors. It reminds me of a chapter in Sidney Lumet's book on making movies where, you know, he's just very sensitive and in tune with his actors and how much he loves working with actors. And I feel exactly the same way. That's a good book to reference. <laughs> I was going to say. Well, we that's appreciate like a, that's your a book. time. Yes. Yes, thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy your stay in St. Louis. And I hope we have a wonderful weather and uh, you have a big reception. <laughs> well, no, by the time she gets here, it's going to be freezing. It was oh. 83 yesterday. And now when you get here, it's going to be in the 40s. Oh, okay. I'll bring my, my boots and my warm coats then. <laughs> yes. And the Alamo is quite an experience. So that'll be fun. And then you'll be in the City Foundry, which is a hip new place with lots of good food options. Oh, so, and the winery's right next. The winery's next door. Yeah, you got city winery, and you've got all the the food court places that are just really fun. So yeah, you're going to be in a really fun, uh, kind of hip, trendy area, That's and you can't so miss it because the IKEA is right across the street. Well, you know, I love it. I'm going by myself. Normally, you know, I, I bring my kids with me everywhere and but everybody's like in school and it's busy. It's that time of the year. So yep. I'm going by myself to New York and from New York to St. Louis. So it'll be an adventure and I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you well, for being with us today. Yes, uh, this and, has and, been fun. And get thank your you tickets at cinemastlouis.org if you want to go to Miranda's Victim and you should because it's really a good movie. And so I want everybody to go. And we'll, I'll be doing the movie review later for different things, which, you know, but really you got to support local and you got to support St. Louis International Film Festival. And you got to, you got to support a voice like Michelle Dan. So thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you. So Lynn, what did you see this week? I know you were at the hockey game. So did you see anything that's coming out this week? I saw things that, um, are uh, coming soon uh next goal wins is november 17th so we'll talk about that that it's like ted lasso meets cool runnings with michael fassbender and so but that'll he, be is he the white savior yeah so that'll be but it's directed by Tyler Wahidi. i know so it's quirky well and and and, I, and, and it's watching and it's, him on uh, max right now i have not finished and i've already been spoiled on how season two of our flag means death ends but that that's not uh ruining my enjoyment of the series no well we have a quandary because because we were at the hockey game last night we missed the marvels but the reviews are coming out very good and guess what carl it's hour and 46 minutes it's when the shortest marvel movie i i'm so elated because i can see this now thursday night before my radio show on friday well the the thing i because i have another hockey game on thursday so i will not be able to see it before next week but i'm going to try to squeeze it in this weekend but lynn uh i've been staying off the internet and though people are like i think i heard something i'm like don't tell me but we might be spoiled before we actually see it 
Well, I try to avoid, I really do try to avoid all that. Now there's a very good documentary on HBO. My first boy, you were my first boyfriend. And this is a hybrid documentary and it starts today on our November 8th on HBO and then goes into streaming on Max. And this woman took a, a hybrid approach where she got actors to portray her high school self. <laughs> and it goes back into, you know, your first love and, and, and all those things. And uh, love. yes. And so who doesn't, you know, it's both uh, delightful. And then also you're just like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not that person anymore. Don't you ever feel like that, Carl, when you look back? All the time. <laughs> you know, you're just. No, so I'm per- still the same person I was 40 years ago. <laughs> Mostly. I was gonna uh, I, I'd like to think I matured. Yeah, I was Not gonna really. say. I hope you know, because nobody ever wants to go back to when they're uh thirteen. I mean, who, who uh, would? There were there'd be a lot of things I would change when I was thirteen. Yeah, well, this is an odd time because we're we're getting close to the holiday time for the movies, and uh, you can tell it's award season because last week we had Priscilla. And uh, we also had Rustin and Rustin is going to be on on uh, Netflix November 17th. But the killer that you reviewed last week is on Netflix, Netflix. this Friday. Now, I did see Michael Fassbender. Yes, he's back after marrying Alicia Vikander and having a baby. So he's he's going uh, full court presser. I did see the Marsh King's daughter after last week's episode. And I want to say how disappointed I am because it's <laughs> one of these, it's one of these with this great cast squandered. Daisy Ridley plays the Marsh King's daughter and she lives in the wild and he's this like survivalist dude. They live in a log cabin and she the girl is the apple of her dad's eye and he's played by ben mendelson the wonderful australian actor who was just recently in secret invasion on disney plus for he goes he goes between he goes between indie movies and marvel that's his in secret secret invasion was just so I don't want to say awful and I don't want to say not good, but it was just so odd, which is it's, Marvel needs to clean things up. But I heard that the Marvels helps. Yes. Restore faith, because I, I am suffering from superhero fatigue. I will say that. So So the Marsh King's daughter, you didn't care for it. No, because apparently this is a great best-selling book from 2017. And you know the trouble with big novels. They turn it into this movie where it becomes a predator versus prey chase where there's no nuance. For instance, this cast, besides Mendelssohn and Daisy Ridley playing the grown-up daughter, Brooklyn Prince of the Florida Project plays her as a child. And what's the hook here, and it's not a spoiler alert because this is the whole basis of the book, is the girl was born in the woods, yes, but the guy 
abducted her mother. Oh, like he, room. Yeah, it's like room, only they're actually living together in a log cabin in the woods. And the mom finally escapes and the guy's in prison. And Gil Birmingham, the great Native American actor who's on Yellowstone and been in a zillion things. I interviewed him after From from Hell or High Water or, you know, the movie with uh, Ben Foster yeah, and Chris yeah. Pine. Yeah. And so uh, he was delightful. And so anyway, he's the he's the lawman slash stepdad. But you don't really know that he's a stepdad till she makes some remark. And Garrett Hudlin plays her husband. And poor Garrett, he was in Friday Night Lights and everybody thought yep. he'd have this big career. And he's been in dog after dog after dog. And um, he plays her husband. And you can tell there's some tension in the marriage and it's not necessarily a good marriage but there's no new they don't explore any of this so this is given the actors are given short shrift because their character development is practically non-existent and it just becomes this predator prey because the guy breaks out of prison they inform the adult daughter your dad's out of prison and you know what's going to happen after that. So it just becomes this slog of a movie where you know what's going to happen and you just feel sorry and for then this it does. really good cast. You feel sorry for this cast. That's all I'm going to say. So, and right. so, yeah, so that's what we got going, Carl. What's going on in your life? I've got hockey games and concerts, Jim Gaffigan and Jerry Seinfeld this weekend. And it's going to be, and then more blues, more blues, more blues. So, well, you know, there's another James Gaffigan coming in to conduct the St. Louis Symphony. So we have Jim Gaffigan and James Gaffigan in town at the same exact time. Is that's this funny? A, I know. Is that a convergence of whatever, uh, or or it's coincidence? Yes, Lynn. Isn't... Where can we find you? Coincidentally. I'm on KTRS Radio every Friday with Jennifer and Wendy at 11.08. And I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times. And I am also my website, poplifestl.com. Carl, where can we find you? I am on the Mark Cox Morning Show Monday through Friday from 5 till 9 on 97.1 FM Talk. And then on the weekends, I'm on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors on 97.1 and KMOX. You can also find me on Twitter, threads, and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern doing my horn test. Lynn saw exactly where I do my horn test and how. And Lynn, you didn't press the horn last night. You had an opportunity to press the horn and you didn't. I didn't. I know because the young folk were having such a good time with it. And, you know, it, and it was late and I thought, well, but maybe another time. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a great weekend and we'll talk soon. Happy we'll try fall. to see the marbles and, and, and talk about it next week. Yes. And also check out the lineup at Sliff. Reginald Hudlin's house party is going to celebrate 50 years of hip hop Friday years night. Of hip -hop. Oh, they have a great lineup of guests. So go to cinemastlouis.org and find out more about that. It's impressive what they've done for this. Yes, yeah, so look at the whole schedule. There's hundreds of movies, and uh, you want to be part of supporting local. And High Point's going to be one of the venues, and the back lot in Alamo Draft House, and uh, Wash U, and the, arc the Arcaded. 
arcade. And yes. So we'll see you there and we'll see you at the movies. Yeah. See you at the movies. Bye. Bye. Take care.